In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my good friends in ministry is a former DJ, and this is actually evidenced in a lot of various aspects of his ministry. One was that uh, we we actually had a top 50 of uh, our hymns. There was an actual top 50 list that we, um, if, if you thought that was repetitive, you were wrong, um, because the top 50 was going to work. But also, uh, John Burwell is his name. He's still the rector of the Church of the Holy Cross on Salton's Island. And John would bless everyone in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, he was still, you know, that DJ, um, never quite left John. Wonderful guy, faithful guy. And I remember one time he was preaching, uh, it was on the temptation. Uh, on the temptation of Christ was the particular passage. And John shared a story in his process of discernment. And he was, his star was rising as a DJ. Uh, just getting rave reviews and more and more listeners. And the opportunity that he'd been looking for and longing for came. And it, unfortunately it came at the same time he was wrestling with this call to ordain ministry. And John traveled up to North Carolina, and it was a great opportunity. It was going to be um, syndicated, an even greater um, audience. His star was on the rise, but he was still wrestling with this call. Um, do I go to seminary and ordain ministry? Do I uh, take this offer, which I've always longed for and looked for? And he said the decisive moment came when after all the various whining and dining and interview process, the owner of the stations in John Road um, to the top of this mountain overlooking the cities. You can envision being on top of Red Mountain or being on top of Shades Mountain and looking out uh, at the city beneath you. And he said with a sweep of his hand, John, all of this could be yours. Uh, and John said at that moment, it was kind of one of those... Thank you, Lord, um, for that moment of, I hear you, uh, for that moment of, of clarity in the midst of the chaos of his thoughts. He, he got that word, the light shone, and he went on uh, to seminary uh, and into ministry as a clergyman. Well, I share all that with you because as we reflect on the gospel this morning, there's, there's much to be said. Uh, there's much that is revealed to us. But what I'd like to focus on this morning along with you is this, is the way in which Jesus wonderfully and magnificently steps into the chaos of all the various competing claims on our lives. Jesus stepping into the chaos and the confusion of our lives. Jesus stepping into all of the various claims that want to place a hold upon us, that want to draw us to themselves, because that's what we see going on in the 16th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, and surely that's something that you and I can identify with as well, the, the swirl which we get drawn into, all of the various claims upon our lives, and the confusion um, that often comes as a result of that, just this chaos that seems to want to draw us in. And by way of context, what we read just a moment ago, immediately before this, we hear that Jesus is, uh, his Popularity had increased uh, early on in his ministry, but now we see it's a challenging time and that the hostility toward Jesus is increasing. 
And along with the hostility toward Jesus, Jesus surely knew as well that this increasing hostility placed a challenge uh, on his followers. Uh, It's it's easy to follow someone um, when their star is rising, uh, when they're popular, when people speak well of them. Uh, But it becomes far more challenging when there's increasing hostility toward that person. And we see that um, happening in Jesus' life and his ministry, and particularly right before this, The Pharisees and the Sadducees come to Jesus, and uh, that is sort of the epitome of politics making strange bedfellows because they um, had very different um, truth claims, but in essence, uh, in essence, their sort of issue was similar. And what I mean by that is this. In essence, what the Pharisees said is this, uh, you need to add to the gospel. Um, The gospel is not sufficient unto itself. Um, You need to add this, um, and you need to do this. And by contrast, the Sadducees basically said, you know what, Uh, we need to pare uh, the truth down into something that's palatable to us. So basically, the Pharisees wanted to pile on, uh, the Sadducees wanted to take away. But the similarity is this, ultimately what either side did was to put themselves at the center. Um, To put themselves at the center um, of what was right. Uh, To put themselves as the one to fashion and shape God rather than um, the other way around. And we hear that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are increasing in their hostility toward Jesus. They demand a sign. Show us a sign from heaven and then we'll believe. And we see a couple of things in that. One, Jesus doesn't do carnival tricks. Uh, Jesus says to them, you know what, I can do all the signs in the world and that's not going to make you believe. Uh, I I can do all of the tricks in the world, all of the miracles in the world, but if your hearts... Uh, are so hard and set against me, um, that's not going to be sufficient for you. But he also goes on to say, you know what, everything you need uh, is made clear to you in the scriptures. Uh, It's all um, right there. You don't need me to perform additional tricks in order that you might believe. So we see one, um, that Jesus is not going to do carnival tricks, but he also goes on and says to them, this is what I will give you, um, the sign of Jonah. And of course, you and I understand that and know that to be the resurrection. So what Jesus said is, I won't give you proof Um, But at the right time, I will give you confirmation uh, of who I am. Uh, And they've just come um, from this. And so the disciples are dealing with all of the false teaching, all of the accusations of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then we hear that they come to Caesarea Philippi. And uh, you may or may not know Caesarea Philippi uh, as they're traveling there on their way to Mount Hermon, where Jesus will be transfigured before Peter and James and John. They'll get that tremendous and powerful insight and to who he is. Um, but before this, we hear that they come to Caesarea Philippi. And Caesarea Philippi um, was a place of idolatry. And as I say that, is there any other place? Um, but anyway, it was specifically a place of idolatry. And that in this place, over centuries, you had um, the worship of Pan. There was a cave there from which waters flowed, uh, the headwaters of the Jordan River. And the worship of Pan had taken place there over the years. Not only that, the worship of Baal had been there for years. And then Philip had created this temple uh, to emperor worship, uh, the temple uh, and named the city Caesarea Philippi. And if all of that wasn't enough, um, climbing toward the heavens was this sheer uh, face of rock. And into this sheer face of rock were carved various niches 
And within these various niches, there were different statues um, to different gods. Uh, imagine uh, the confusion. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were saying this. You have all the claims of all these various gods of Pan, uh, of Baal, of the worship of Caesar, of, of you name it. And in the midst of all of this confusion, all of this chaos, uh, Jesus, of course, uh, says those simple words, um, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And, of course, you know what happens. They give the report of what various people are saying. And then, of course, Jesus um, speaks that word to them. But what about you? Who do you say um, that I am? And in that question, who do you say that I am, is a great gift to them. Uh, And it's a great gift um, to you and to me as well. Uh, Because the reality is this. The temptation um, to idolatry wasn't just present then, it's not new now, it's a continued challenge for all of us. All of these various claims for our allegiance, all of these various things um, that call us um, to worship them, that call us to put our trust in them, all of these things um, continue to this day. And we can't begin to have any sort of sense of peace, any any sense of clarity, any relief uh, from the chaos and the confusion in our lives until um, we recognize who Jesus is in the midst of us. And Jesus says that, who do people say that I am? And of course, Peter, speaking um, for all those gathered there, says, you um, are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then, of course, Jesus says those interesting words after that. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because this wasn't given to you um, by flesh and blood. You didn't figure this out on your own, in essence, is what he says. This was a gift that was given to you by God. What's the significance of that? Uh, What I'd like to say to you and to me is this. In the midst of all of the chaos and the confusion of our lives, in the midst of all the various claims in our lives, there is an opportunity um, for us to have a stronghold and a sure foundation. There is an opportunity for us to have a clarity and a clear sense of call, the blessing of community. Uh, And it's not in what we can accomplish, but it's in what God has accomplished for us through the cross and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus says, blessed are you, you didn't do this. This was a gift of God to you. What that says to you and to me is this, is our hope and our strength and our security is not in ourselves, but it's in God's claim upon us. Because when Peter confesses, uh, what we see there is not that he suddenly got it. uh, And you know what? He's going to be fabulous from here on out. It means that he has the gift of God which has been given to him, which is his faith. God has placed his claim on him. What I'd like to share with us um, this morning is that you and I uh, have been claimed by God in his coming forth into the world in Jesus. And his death and his resurrection on yours and my behalf. Uh, We have that opportunity in the midst of so much which is uncertain and so much which is chaotic to have something which is solid and sure. Uh, Jesus goes on um, to say that in this confession, in this recognition of who I am in the midst of you, that even the gates of hell itself, whatever life throws at you, cannot completely and finally shake you. Whatever life throws at you cannot take away from you the sure and certain foundation for your life. That great gift which he gives to you and to me is that he seeks us and he comes forth into the world in the midst of all of our idolatry, in the midst of the chaos and the confusion of our lives, that we might have a sure and certain foundation. And it is in him, in Jesus Christ, who first loves us, 
who first seeks us, who through his cross and his resurrection gives to you and to me the forgiveness of sin, claims us as God's sons and daughters. And I pray for you uh, that as I pray for me that we will daily, again and again, hear the good news of the gospel. Um, That in our prayers, uh, we will pray um, for faith, that we might know the certainty which is available to us, and that nothing in all of life will be able to shake us from that sure and certain foundation given to us in Jesus, in whose name we give thanks for, and in whose name we pray. Amen.